0: I don't know how you mark time, but as a bookworm, my days go by according to Tuesdays because it's New Book Tuesday and I've got some book recommendations for you. Welcome back to I Talk Shit and Read. This is Ro and I am popping in with some must-buy read requests. Gotta have it for October new releases and well, I took myself off book punishment. And we all know that means I'm now awaiting many, 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 many deliveries of books. So I thought I'd drop in and let you know some of my most notable buys for October, since it's, again, Tuesday, my favorite day of the week of any month. My most anticipated release for October 13th, Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse. Rebecca Roanhorse is a Black and Indigenous award-winning author. You may have read... Some of her other books, if you haven't, you may want to pick up her first novel, Trail of Lightning. And the second in that series, Storm of Locusts, they are Hugo, Nebula, and World Fantasy finalist books, and they are not like anything else you've read. But when you're dealing with own voices authors who are kind of digging into their own cultural heritage, plus blending it with research, and you just kind of get something that you don't ordinarily get. And it's one of the things that's really exciting about a lot of authors, especially authors of color, stepping forward and getting deals. So in her most recent release, Black Sun, the synopsis is in the holy city of Tova, the winter solstice is usually a time for celebration and renewal. But this year, it coincides with a solar eclipse, a rare celestial event prescribed by the Sun Priest as an unbalancing of the world. Meanwhile, a ship launches from a distant city bound for Tova and set to arrive on the solstice. The captain of the ship, Zila, is a disgraced teak whose song can calm the waters around her as easily as it can warp a man's mind. Now, I don't know about you, but that right there was enough to make me pre-order the book because I like it when people are just blending in aspects of sci-fi space opera with more of a unique aspect and look at supernatural or you know mystical powers that may come from being rooted in your blood and your heritage or many other things the rest of the synopsis says her ship carries one passenger described as harmless the passenger Serapio is a young man blind, scarred, and cloaked in destiny. As zila well knows, when a man is described as harmless, he usually ends up being a villain. Crafted with unforgettable characters, Rebecca Roanhorse has created an epic adventure exploring the decadence of power amidst the weight of history and the struggle of individuals swimming against the confines of society and their broken past in the most original series debut in a decade. Now, that last part is obviously the sales pitch lets you know this is going to be the beginning of a series which is never a bad thing with Rebecca's writing. And she generally tends to live up to the hype. I will say that it's been my experience that it takes a minute to kind of connect with her characters and find the flow but once you do the stories really go. And I am never ever upset when someone warns me right off the bat that there's going to be a villain, there will be fights, and there will be the unexpected. So I pre-ordered this book as soon as it was available for pre-order I highly recommend anything by Rebecca Roanhorse. She is quickly becoming one of my favorite own voices authors. Now, while I was doing research for the rest of books to lose my mind and buy, I ran, I ran across this synopsis for a book titled Daughters of Jubilation by Cara Lee Corinthon. And well, I don't know about you, but the world is on fire. Literally, I live in California and... I'm looking for books that seem to want to come at looking at things in a historical aspect, but putting it into a fictionalized setting and blending it with magic, possibly magic that's more rooted from a spiritual place that feels recognizable and resonates with me and still talks about places and times in history that we don't often confront in ways that provoke and give you a different perspective. So the synopsis for this one is, In the Jim Crow South, white supremacy reigns and tensions are high. But Evelyn DeCamp has other other things to worry about. She has two little sisters to look after, an overworked single mother, and a long-time crush who's finally making a move. On top of all that, Evie's magic abilities are growing stronger by the day. Her family calls it jubilation, a gift passed down from generations of black women since the time of slavery. And as Evie's talents weaken, something dark comes loose and threatens to resurface. And when the demons of Evie's past finally shake free, she must embrace her mighty lineage and summon the power that lies within her. I am a big fan of natural magic. I'm a big fan of people digging into what had to be lives that were lived outside the confines of the restrictions that existed by looking at the world and experiencing the world through a very white lens so it may be set in the Jim Crow South but it sounds like it may give us a way of talking about things that seems interesting so I took a risk and I ordered the book now part of the reason why I was willing to do that is because Carly Corinth is a playwright who lives in LA and she does really amazing plays and I was willing to take you know take a risk take a chance she's won awards her first novel, The Truth of Right Now, was really good. Um, it wasn't completely my bag, but I don't think I was a target audience. So I feel like I might be the target audience for this because, well, it seems like things might get rowdy, and that's generally my bag. So I am all in for Daughters of Jubilation, which also released October 13th. And I found this one at the last minute. I ran across an uh, interview with the author talking about their book. The author is Mara Fitzgerald. The book coming out is Beyond the Ruby Veil. Vale. And I have a thing for unlikable characters doing something and learning to grow and be more than just an, a bitch or an asshole. And I also have a thing for enemies to lovers stories. And this looks like they might give me all those things that I like. So the synopsis is Emanuele Rango has always gotten exactly what she wanted. The privileged dollar of the house of Rango, her darling, her daring and sharp mind has kept her from being the traditional young lady everyone wishes she would be. What other people think of her is of no consequence, though she's about to marry Ale, her best friend and heir to the first house of Ocha, despite the fact that they are both secretly gay. Through Ale, Emanuela will be able to rule the city now if there's ever a reason to necessarily hide something about yourself that could block your blessings telling me that getting married to home dude who i'm not gonna have to worry about on a personal level but puts me in a position of having power to rule everything around me might make me do it the rest of the synopsis is however emmanuela has another deeper secret that could shatter her plans and ochia the source of all water is the water cray mysterious being with blood magic who requires all the to give themselves to her when their first bruise-like omen appears on their skin now that just tells you right now this girl is selfish she is self-involved and motivated to fulfill her own needs and she gonna do something real real dumb that's gonna hurt everybody around her so i generally tend to like stories like that Maybe it's because I like to yell at my books as much as I like to yell at my TV shows, but anyway. When the water crate exposes her during her wedding ceremony, Emanuela fights back and kills her because that seems like a really good thing to do. Really good thing to do to the thing that gives everybody water. So from that you can take the water supply is dangerously low and now they have no source of their water. It becomes a race against time for Emanuela Ale to travel through mysterious blood-red veil that surrounds their city in order to uncover the secrets of the Watercrate's magic and find a way to save Uchia by any means necessary. Yeah, this story is going to be a mess and I'm really here for it. It released October 13th and it's on my list to request at my library because I ran out of money. Don't judge me. Shut up. Requesting books at your library for them to be in stock and available by ebooks is a great way to support libraries and to make sure that your city locales Don't defund your libraries and remove programs you need just because we all have to slow down And practice things that in a way that's a little bit more safe for those around us But books are a must-have, especially in the time of avoidance of people and just based on the synopsis and how I think things might going to get real messy, I'm definitely thinking Beyond the Ruby Veil vale is going to be one that comes to me. Now, I have to say, the next books that I'm going to talk about, I am completely and utterly biased in the favor of the author. If they write it, I buy it. I don't even generally tend to look at the synopsis because I have never, ever failed to enjoy their writing, the the style the world they choose to build, and I always get overly involved and attached to at least one of the characters. And one writer for me who has her own shelf and will continue to have shelves, and I have a tendency to buy multiple copies of their books because it's not my fault they're brilliant and they do special editions, is Victoria Schwab, also known as V.E. Schwab. She's a fantasy author who wrote my all-time favorite superhero and villain origin story called Vicious. She followed it up after years of leaving her fans hanging with a sequel called Vengeance was just as good and just makes me hope that she goes back to that world more. She's best known for the Shades of Magic trilogy which is a gas lamp fantasy which just means it's set in a magical version of 19th century England that is a must read if you like portal fantasies and it's a must read if you don't know what a portal fantasy is and you think you might like portal fantasies if you just like alternate time and things to get crazy she's right up your alley besides she likes monsters she has a PhD in them shit always gets real her latest The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue released October 6th and I am currently waiting online to come into the mail I am also attending the uh, special event that is happening at Mysterious Galaxy later this month where she will be in conversation with, I can't even remember right now, I think it's Felicia Day, which just makes me even that more excited about it. But she is a serious talent, she builds immersive worlds, and she weaves some amazing magical tales. So I'm pretty sure I'm gonna like The Invincible Addie LaRue and my life of Addie LaRue in my book. So if you don't know anything about the book, the synopsis is... France, 1714. In a moment of desperation, a young woman makes a Faustian bargain to live forever and is cursed to be forgotten by everyone she meets because bargains with the devil always have strings, y'all. One day people gonna remember that. But thus begins the extraordinary life of Addie LaRue and a dazzling adventure that will play out across centuries, continents, across history and art as a young woman learns how far she will go to leave her mark on the world. But everything changes when nearly 300 years Later, Addie stumbles across a young man in a hidden bookstore, and he remembers her name. I heard about this book many, many, many years ago when Victoria was doing a book signing in San Diego, and I have been anxiously anticipating it ever since then. And everything that I've read about it, the teasers I read online have already let me know that I will be dropping everything else that I'm reading when this one gets here. The other author who I've never not enjoyed their books, and now I just buy everything they write, is Julie. C. Dow. She's a Vietnamese American fantasy author and she's best known for her East Asian inspired stories about, you know, fairy tales retold and reset in a different culture and from a different perspective. My personal favorite is The Force of a Thousand Lanterns, which is about the evil queen from Snow White. Because I always felt like she got a, you know, poor shake. No one asked why was she evil? Why was she mad? Why is she going to eat that girl's heart? And I feel that these are questions that we should have answered. And the approach and the and the style of them from then on i was hooked on her work she is a smooth and readily accessible writing style she's got a great tone of voice that brings drama it sets up mysteries and then unravels them and she brings all of the world she builds to life with really really vibrant and vivid descriptions she's got a fantastic way with a fairy tale retelling to smoothly integrate it into a culture perspective that's outside of the norm but always welcome at least by me. Now her latest book is The Mirror Broken Wishes and it is the beginning of a four book series where each successive book will be written by a different author. All of the authors are own voice authors which is a beautiful thing itself thank you very much Disney and it will travel and track Magical heirlooms as they pass through one family through the generations. So Dow is writing the first book. It will be followed up by a book by Donnell Clayton, who wrote the Bells. And if you haven't read that one, trust me, you really want to. J.C. Cervantes and LL McKinney will close out the game with the final book in the series. and y'all already know I like LL McKinney because her Nightmare Verse is just that, sh- just just brilliant. And I've got a podcast interview with her about the first one, and. Uh, y'all just trust me so the synopsis for broken wish is 1865 henu germany 16 year old elva has a secret she has visions and strange powers that she will do anything to hide she knows the warnings about what happens to witches in their small village of Hano. she's heard the terrible things people say about the witch of the north wood and the malicious hunts that follow but when elva accidentally witnesses a devastating vision of the future she decides she has to do everything she can to prevent it Tapping into her powers for the first time, Elva discovers a magical mirror and its owner, none other than the Witch of the Northwoods herself. As Elva learns more about her burgeoning magic and the line between hero and villain begins to blur, she must find the right path To right wrongs before it's too late. Now, if those aren't enough clues for you for what the magical heirloom is, I don't know what's, I mean, read more fairy tales. It'll make you happy in this time of disaster and chaos. So it is an absolute read. It released October 6th, as did Addie LaRue. And trust me, I'm I'm about the book. Okay so reading is really pretty much what I do. I prefer to get series because if I like an author I like to know that there's going to be more and if an author is writing a trilogy or a duology and I really like the first one I'm pretty good to cold pre-order the second if for no other reason to make sure that the print run is long enough and big enough for other people to discover the first book and then the second book to still be available. And if you read books by authors of color especially black authors it is always a good thing to pre-order their next books so they actually get support from their labels don't take my word for it go read and follow the hashtag publishing pays me and find out what the differences are between how non-white authors and white authors get paid y'all it's crazy so a book that I discovered and if you have kids trust me this is one you want to get and you want to read with them and then you're gonna have to fight your kids to keep ownership of your book, because Kwame and Bali started a series called With Tristan Strong Punches a Hole in the Sky. The sequel to Tristan Strong Destroys the World came out October 6th. And these stories are just fantastic. They're bright, they're happy. If you walk away from these stories and you aren't in love with Gum Baby, I don't know what's wrong with you because Gum Baby got attitude and is everything. So, the first one is about a seventh grader named Tristan Strong who feels anything but stronger ever since he failed to save his best friend when they were in a bus accident together. All he has left of Eddie is a journal where he wrote stories. And Tristan has been dreading the month where he's supposed to go f- spend time at his grandparents in Alabama. And everybody just wants him to get there and heal from the tragedy. But obviously, things go strange. And he ends up going on an adventure. Which kind of starts with him literally punching a hole in a tree and accidentally ripping a hole in, you know, the space-time continuum known as the Mid-Pass. And that's a volatile place with a burning sea, a haunted bone of ships, iron monsters, and other things. So... That is the first adventure. The second adventure is out. Tristan destroys the world. And he's back from his adventure, victorious. But he is PTSD. And visiting the land of African-American folk heroes and African gods is no, you know, no mean feat. There's no rest for the weary because he's back and his grandmother has been abducted by a mysterious villain out for revenge. So he now must return again to Ackley and reunite with his loudmouth sidekick that you will love, Gum Baby. In order to rescue Nana and stop the culprit from creating further devastation, I don't want to spoil too much. Not even by reading the the synopsis, because I found that I think they give a little bit too much away trying to lead people into this book because the book is actually a middle grade book but most of my listeners are adults but trust me it's a it's a delight it's a joy anxiously awaiting to see how he blends in more uh black heroes and african gods into the story this one has anansi in it who's now a web developer and i'm just expecting more shenanigans and shade from gum baby now there's another book that i got hooked on that i started reading in the library of the unwritten by AJ Hackwith came out last year and it was an undispected really fun jam-packed quick action adventure and uh, they're doing a second one so I'm definitely gonna read it and the synopsis for the second one is the library of the unwritten in hell was saved from total devastation but hundreds of potential books were destroyed former librarian Claire and Brevity the muse feel the loss of those stories and are trying to adjust to their new roles within the arcane wing and library respectively. But when the remains of those books begin to leak a strange ink, Claire realizes that the library has kept secrets from hell and its own librarians. That was really enough to make me want to know what the hell was going on because the first book was just really unexpected. The way that they blended in things that you know about uh, the world and it just really had a big action feel. It reminded me of The Librarians, but with more depth and more care for the characters that they pulled from um, fiction and history to bring to life. And the adventure was unparalleled. And it was just a little creepy. So I'm all in for the Archive of the Forgotten. It came out on October 6. Now I do tend to troll to look for things that might just be too interesting to pass up. And earlier this year, I ran across two books. The first one is called Hush by Dylan Farrow and the second one is called Blaze Wrath Games by Umparo Ortiz and I just kind of put them on my list to wait to see more just because well Dylan Farrow is the child of famous people and I was curious to see how someone whose only writing that I've ever seen anything about has been nonfiction and memoir based would do switching over to being in like sci-fantasy speculative fiction type world. So the synopsis of Hush is, 17-year-old Shay has led a seemingly quiet life joking with her best friend Fiona and chatting with Mads, the neighborhood boy who always knows how to make her smile all while secretly keeping her fears at bay. Of the disease that took her brother's life. Of how her dreams seemed to bleed into reality around her. Of a group of justice seekers called the Bards who claim to use the magic of telling to keep her community safe. But when her mother is murdered, she can no longer pretend. Not knowing who to trust, Shay journeys to unlock the truth Instead, finding a new enemy keen to destroy her and a brooding boy with dark secrets and an untold power she never thought possible. That's really super vague, which makes me feel like this is probably going to be a dense mystery where I'm going to have to wait for a little bit of world building. But it looks like it's got a unique magic system. It definitely looks like there's probably going to be some good versus evil and probably a little bit of patriarchy busting since Dylan Farrow is off is known mostly is being an activist and taking on issues that have to do with empowerment and giving a voice to the voiceless and and standing up for people who've been abused and harmed so it's on my radar i think it should be on yours i've heard good things about it and it's it's on my take a chance list because it's it's looking really too interesting to pass up now the book that i bought sight unseen because i loved the cover and i love the synopsis and it really true was too interesting for me to pass up is blade wraith games lana taurus has always preferred dragons to people in a few weeks 16 countries will compete in the blaze wrath world cup a tournament where dragons and their riders fight for glory in a dangerous relay yeah i bought the book right there it's got dragons and it looks like it's gonna take a riff on probably all of my favorite dangerous sports and i i don't care um those are things that will make me buy your book the rest of this uh synopsis goes Lana longs to represent her native Puerto Rico in their first ever World Cup appearance and when Puerto Rico's runner, the only player without a dragon steed, is kicked off the team, she's given the chance. But when she discovers that a former Blaze Wrath superstar has teamed up with the Sire, a legendary dragon who's cursed into human form, which clearly is not making them happy, the safety of the cup is jeopardized. The pair are burning down dragon sanctuaries around the world and refuse to stop unless the cup gets canceled all lana wanted to do was represent her country now to do that she'll have to navigate an international conspiracy that's deadlier than her beloved sport i can't i'm sorry i love blood sports i love political upheaval i love dragons i love mystery i love mayhem i bought blaze wrath games sight unseen i will circle back and let y'all know how it turned out with a longer more in-depth review hopefully I don't DNF that book because I'm, I'm, I'm excited just from that. Because the world is on fire and uh, the the people who are supposed to be guiding us through the fire safely always fail to do so. It feels like, you know, we should probably come up with alternate ways to look at the world and maybe change our perspective so we can fix what's broken before it really does end. And when I find myself in that frame of mind, it usually means I want to read kind of like a more humanist scientist look rather than just an apocalyptic version of the dystopian future. And that means I want to read a Kim Stanley Robinson book. So the most recent came out again October 6th, The Ministry for the Future. And the ministry was established in 2025 for the purpose of the new organization was simple, to advocate for the world's future generations and to protect all living creatures present and future. It became known as the Ministry of the Future and this is its story. Kim Stanley Robinson has a way of taking what feels like diary entries or anecdotal reports or or data science accumulations and building a story in a world that feels very, very, very near now. And I expect this one is probably gonna make me have to think about things and, and wonder what about I'm doing and, 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 and how we advocate for ourselves. And, and I always enjoy his books. Plus they are always a very biting commentary on how trash we are as people and why sometimes we don't deserve to be saved. But since we're on the earth, maybe we should try. If you don't have a lot of time for reading, I always always suggest a novella. It's a shorter length but you can still get a full rich world and Tor.com once again is coming through with some novellas that'll have a little bit of something for everybody. Now one of my favorite authors is named Shauna McGuire and she is like 40,000 split personalities and in her current personality, A. Dubra Baker. She's written a book called Over the Woodward Wall that came out October 6th. And the synopsis is Avery is an exceptional child. Everything he does is precise from the way he washes his face in the morning to the way he completes his homework without complaint, without fuss, without prompt. Ziv is also an exceptional child because all children are in their own way. But where everything Avery does is and can be measured Nothing Zib does can be possibly predicted, except for the fact that she can always be relied upon to be unpredictable. They live on the same street. They live in different worlds. On an unplanned detour from home to school one morning, Avery and Zib find themselves climbing over a stone wall into the Up and Under, an impossible land filled with mystery, adventure, and the strangest creatures. And they must find themselves in each other if they are also to find their way out and back to their lives. Y'all, they're not gonna get back to their lives, okay? That it's just not—it's not gonna happen. It's, it's a guarantee that this adventure is gonna go sideways, and that this little zib child is gonna get this Avery boy, if not killed, irreparably changed for the, the remainder of his life. And if he gets out of the up and under, he ain't never gonna be the same. He gonna need therapy. Things gonna be wrong, and he gonna come back with some kind of magic or some other kind of problem. It's just the way that Shauna writes. It's why I love her. And I will let you know how this one turns out. I already ordered it because I read all of her books. She is a constant nominee and finalist for Hugo Awards and finalist awards. And all of her incarnations are worth a read of some kind because the places she goes in her mind and the adventure she takes you on from what she pulls out are always worth it. Now, there's another book that came out. It's called The Midnight Bargain by C.L. Polk. I ran across another series of C.O. Polks and got myself hooked so I started this one. So far it's a little bit of a slow burn because it's got to do some interesting world building because it's slightly alt history but it's not like anything I've read that blends these kind of concepts together of like practical magic, sorcerers, manguses and blending it all together in a world where there's like arranged marriages and what you are and who you can become is all dependent on your place in society so the original or the official synopsis is Beatrice Claiborne is a sorceress who practices magic in secret terrified of the day she'll be locked into a marital collar yo I don't mm, see yeah I would probably not be surviving this time period I would die I would die it's a magical collar that cuts off her powers. In order to protect any children she has from her magic. I don't want kids bad enough to give up my magic. I don't understand why it's going to be either or. I think it's rude. Anyway, she dreams of becoming a full fledged mangus and pursuing magic as her calling as men do. But her family has stayed, staked everything to equip her for a bargaining season when young men and women of means descend upon the city to negotiate the best marriages. The Clayborns are in severe debt and only she can save them by securing an advantageous marriage before their creditors come calling. Y'all, I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have made it. My family would end up in debtor's prison and I would feel horrible. In a stroke of luck, Beatrice finds a grimoire that contains the key to becoming a mangus. But before she can purchase it, a rival sorceress swindles the book right out of her hand, So we already know it is about to be some fights and I say we take the rival sorceress and we punch in her throat because that's just rude. Beatrice summons a spirit to help her get it back but her new ally exacts a price, Beatrice's first kiss, with her adversary's brother, the handsome, compassionate, and fabulously wealthy Enith Levan. Of course they're gonna introduce- this is why I like C.E.L. Polk. This is why I like their writing. They always find a way to blend in romance and elements and the unexpected way that you may find the relationship you need or the person that you could care about under the most harrowing and trying of circumstances and also leave you in a position where you still want to thwart the people who try to tell you what to do with your damn life. So the end of the synopsis is the more Beatrice is entangled with the Levin siblings the harder her decision becomes. If she casts a spell to become a manga she will devastate her family and lose the only man to ever see her for who she is. But if she marries, even for love, she will sacrifice her magic, her identity, and her dreams. But how can she choose one knowing she will forever regret the path not taken? This comes out October 13th, and I cannot wait to finish reading it. I am excited. I think it's going to be great. I have not been disappointed in any of this person's novellas yet and I do not think I'm going to start now and that's uh, yeah, a lot of pressure to put on an author but they don't know me so it's fine. Again, the name of the book is In My Bargain. It is by C.L. Polk and it releases October 13th. I was once again lucky enough to get early access to a few books this month. And there's two that I'm absolutely going to be talking about all year. So Ring Shout is my novella recommendation for October 13th. The synopsis is, W.F. Griffiths is a sorcerer, and the birth of a nation is a spell that drew upon the darkest thoughts and wishes of the, from the heart of America. Now rising in power and prominence, the clan has a plot to unleash hell on Earth. Luckily, Mary C. Boudreaux has a magic sword and a head full of tails. When she's not running bootleg whiskey through Prohibition, Georgia, she's fighting monsters she calls Ku Kluxes. She's damn good at it, too. But to confront this ongoing evil, she must journey between worlds to face nightmares made flesh and her own demons. Together with a foul mouthed sharpshooter and a hell Hellfighter, Mercy sets out to save the world from the hate that would consume it. Y'all, I don't know too many authors who figure out a way to peer into the dark heart and the back history of racist America without making it feel weighted and heavy and just puts you in a place to where you can't stick to the adventure p jelly clark has done that his voice is accessible the writing style and the tone everything works it will resonate with you it will feel recognizable his magic system is built on spiritual elements that are rooted in black culture the book is titled ring shout that is on purpose yes he is talking about an actual ring out he has managed to blend all of these things together with the supernatural into a macabre tale that you will not have any choice but to believe in. Plus there's a magic sword. So really what else do you need? And my full length novel recommendation also comes out the 13th and it's The Once and Future Witches by Alex E. Harrow. In 1893, there's no such thing as witches. There used to be in the wild dark days before the burnings began. But now witching is nothing but tidy charms and nursery rhymes. If the modern woman wants any measure of power, she must find it in the ballot box. Okay, not subtle, but savvy. The rest says, but when the Eastwood sisters, James Juniper, Agnes Amarantha, and Beatrice Belladonna join the suffragettes in, of New Salem, they begin to pursue the forgotten words and ways that might turn the women's movement into the witches' movement. Stalked by shadows and sickness, hunted by forces who will not suffer a witch to vote, and perhaps not even to live, The sisters will need to delve into the oldest magics, draw new alliances, and heal the bond between them if they want to survive. There's no such thing as witches, but there will be. Y'all, I like witches. I don't care, by hook crook. Somebody who manages to find a way to dig into all the mythology and the poor perspective and the historical aspects of the Salem witch fires and burnings and what that meant and the way that all of that blends into what modern day patriarchal suppression looks like is my jam now when that author is Alex E. Harrow who has a way with prose that can make a story just stick in your face I am all in I read this book I own this book I will be buying this book for people it is just pure unadulterated transportation to a whole different alternate version of a world that even though it sounds like a hell of a hard time to live in if I got to be a witch and learn how to be like that I would be about it these three sisters are not to be messed with and if you are looking for a tale that takes you alt history on multiple levels the once and future witch is it thank you for joining me this episode of I Talk Shit and Read New Book Tuesday this is what's on my shopping list or what's on its way to my house because I pre-ordered my face off I will be back with some more recommendations, reviews, and interviews. Peace, tranquility, and happy shopping.